Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Allison Lattermilk at HowStuffWorks.com, science editor. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer for HowStuffWorks.com. Today we're talking about exploding lakes. Robert. Yes. Do you have this talent of making yourself, well, talent, but this this ability to make yourself burp? Yes, I, I do have this ability. Um, You've never done it at work, though. Um, I, I haven't burped in years. I just I just try and keep <laughs> this. I just practice manners as much as possible. I do have uh, have the ability to make myself burp, although I will not do it on uh, on the microphone, and I'm not necessarily very proud of it. But lakes, as it turns out, can also release some pretty massive burps. These exploding lakes in particular that we're going to talk about today. And on the evening of August 21st, 1986, one such burp happened. That's right. Lake Neos uh, in western Cameroon, in the very crook of Africa there. It's like 9.30 at night. Um, you know, villagers are tending to their cattle and their livestock in the area. And suddenly there's this monstrous rumbling uh, from the lake. And uh, they look out there, and there's just this gas frothing up out of the lake, like 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 somebody's opened a champagne bottle. Ooh. It's just rising up into the air in this column, and then just beginning to expand outward from the lake. It's like a bat out of hell. Just moving out across the valley, yeah. And uh, and then you know these guys see this, and they're confused. They're they're frightened. They go in to check it out. Oh no! Yeah. Don't go out to check it out. Yeah, because bad then, move. Always in horror movies. Yeah, never, never walk into the mist. Just sit but, tight. Hide in the closet. Hide in your. No, that's not going to work. The, <laughs> the mist is going to come for you. That's true. We'll find out. And it did. It did. Uh, like the guys who went in to check on it didn't come out, it, and the mist kept spreading. Livestock keels over. People are stumbling to the ground. People were collapsing in their tracks pretty much wherever they were. Yeah, and whether it, just, it was in the closet or outside or by the lakeside. Right. It spread throughout the whole canyon there. Yeah, the valley. It was the about. I think it. I think it spread to um, fifteen point five miles mm-hmm. from 15. from the source of that original eruption, if you will. And um, in the first two towns, the first two closest towns, Neos and Cam, I believe, everyone but four people died. And I mean that that accounts for the massive scale. About seventeen hundred people died uh, with the eruption of this with this limnic eruption or this lake eruption. Huh. They had no idea what happened. Yeah, like thirty six hours later. Some of the people wake up and, right. and find that yeah, most of the people are are dead. Can you imagine how horrifying that is? I I can't even even imagine. I mean, you just have to think it was the end of the world. Yeah, totally. I mean, you wake up, you look around, your family members are dead, your neighbors, your livelihood, and in, in the form of livestock, they're all killed over. It's pretty terrible to think about. So um, the cloud the cloud's gone about thirty six hours later, right? Right, and people are asking questions. Just, you know, what what happened here? You know, and they had no idea. Yeah. I mean, there you know, it could have been a lake spirit. It could have been any number of things. They weren't really sure. Yeah. So they do what most people would do in this situation. You call in scientists <laughs> to examine the hard facts and figure out <laughs> what in the world happened. And the scientists pretty pretty quickly figured out that CO two had a carbon dioxide had a big role to play. Right. Basically, this cloud was a a mixture of CO two and air. Mm-hmm. That just you know, that rose up out of the uh, the depths of the lake and expanded outward, um, and everyone who breathed it in um, yeah. either lost consciousness or died. Those people who um, breathed in more than fifteen um, percent carbon dioxide died, and uh, those who were lucky enough, quote unquote, lucky enough to breathe mm-hmm. in less, lost consciousness and revived. You know, about a day and a half later, roughly. 
Right. So the the big question then becomes, how did this CO2 come to apparently be at the bottom of the lake or come up from the bottom of the lake? Yeah, where did it come from? Yeah. What was the source? A lot of CO2. There are two theories. Well, there were two theories. There were two theories, yeah. Uh, Two theories arose. Each one related to magma, liquid rock. Okay. One theory is that this was basically a volcanic eruption underneath the lake. We just had a, a geologic upheaval where magma comes surging up, releases CO2, CO2 explodes out of the out of the water. And then the other the other theory was more of a gradual time frame, and it, it, they basically said that, well, listen, CO2 has been gradually seep- seeping into the bottom of the lake from for, for a long time, and the way it might have done that is if you think about how um, a volcanic lake is formed, as as Lake Neos is and and was at that time, it's formed because you have this, you know, hot liquid magma in the earth and there's weak spots in the earth's crust and the magma all of a sudden, you know, just busts up and blasts this giant hole in the ground and, and forms this hole and eventually rainwater fills it and makes a nice right. lake. What was can... once the crater of an active volcano is now a peaceful, serene lake. Right, Lake Neos. Anyhow, the the tube that the magma uses to blast up through the surface is actually still in existence. And what happens then is that the CO2 takes advantage of this existing tube and it just kind of keeps coming up, kind of keeps right. traveling up the, you know, three to six miles. The yeah, because tu- you have a lot of pressure down there and uh, the pressure actually pretty much squeezes the CO2 out of the magma. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's how it rises to the surface, well, to the bottom of the lake. Right. And then it just sits because, right, CO2 is, uh, is pretty heavy and it likes to sit, you know, in this, this dense water. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, at the it's got like 682 lake. feet of water on top of it. So I mean, we're talking about a, a pretty thick layer there. Well, so they had to figure out which of these hypotheses was right. And they figured out that, you know, the first one maybe wasn't such a good one. Why, why wasn't it a good one? Well, because, uh, we sent some guys out or we. Uh, some guys uh, went the out Cameroonian there. Cameroonian government. Cameroonian government sent some scientists out there, and uh, uh, they ended up bringing in some uh, seismologists. These guys are used to, you know, encountering like, you know, really shaky conditions. You know, the near the summits of volcanoes or uh, you know high, you know, highly uh, active uh, earthquake zones, and uh, they come here and there's nothing happening. There's like little or no seismic activity. Yeah, they're probably just sunning themselves lakeside and drinking Guinness the whole time. Because Guinness is the the beer of Western Cameroon, <laughs> but um, but but then there was another uh, another telltale sign that this was not a volcano, right? Oh, right. They didn't find any um sulfur or I believe chloride in the lake, and that would have been indicative of, of a volcanic eruption. But they found neither of those. Um, so that led them to their second theory, which was that uh, CO2 had gradually been seeping into the bottom of the lake. But CO2 in and of itself is really not enough to cause one of these massive lake eruptions. You need a couple other things. Basically, you, you need to have, it needs to be pretty deep, which this is, 682 feet. Because uh, if, there's, if there's only a small amount of water between that bubble of gas and the surface... Than like a stiff wind or uh, or you know fish or you know a tree falling into the water anything like that could or Nessie Nessie uh, you know monsters could set it off as well but it would not take much for that gas to be released sure sure but if you have uh, a lot of water you know the more water you have between the surface and that gas the more of a disturbance it's going to take sure and then you're also going to need to uh, to be in a pretty uh, stable climate, like a tropical zone, right. where you're not experiencing summer and winter and freezes and and uh, and uh, summer heat. You know, you're just keeping a more or less a constant temperature. With the, constant temperatures, I mean, lakes tend to hold their uh, position 
more. And mm-hmm. what we mean by position is that, you know, the cold, denser water stays on the bottom and the, the warmer water stays um, on top near the surface. And when they trade spots, that cold and the cold and warm water, that's called an exhalation or that's when the mm-hmm. lake turns over. And that's what happens where cli- with climates that experience seasonal change, you know, right. like in the like a you, natural release valve. Sure, sure, sure. So you really, I mean, this lake exhalation is a good thing, but it doesn't tend to happen in that, in the tropical climates like, uh, Cameroon, for example. Right. And then you have, uh, I mean, the, you need a trigger as well. Right. right. Yeah. In this case, there's, they're thinking that there was a, there was apparently a rock slide around the same time. Sure. So sure. So they think that, uh, enough, uh, rock may have collapsed into the lake, disturbed that, uh, gas on the bottom and sent it rising up to the top. Kind of like if you've ever, uh, had a mixed drink where you can you, you can look at the side of the glass and see a distinct uh, difference between the layer of alcohol and the layer of mixer. Sure. Throw an ice cube in, and then that Things sends everything. Moving. Yeah, moving. So that's that's may be that may be what had happened here. Right, and then I mean, there's also scientists like to think that, or some scientists like to think that CO2 is inherently unstable in a, in a freshwater environment, so that it really wouldn't even require a trigger. It's just a, generally a bad situation if you have those first three factors that we talked about already it, set up. So it just kind of builds up to it until it reaches a natural breaking point. Sure, sure. So, are there other lakes that face this situation? Uh, there are. There's at least one in the in pretty much the same area, uh, Lake uh, Monam. Yeah, and it happened. It had already exploded two years earlier. Yeah, in uh, eighty four. Uh, so yeah, actually sixty two miles in, uh, southeast of Neos, killing uh, thirty seven people. Mm-hmm. Then there's uh, Lake Kivu. Uh, it's also uh, in the African Rift Valley. And then there's uh, Lake Quilatoa. In oh, you Ecuador. saw a picture of this, right? Yeah, yeah. I was just uh, looking was- at it earlier. Really, really beautiful looking place. Um, tourists trekking in to, you know, relax by the water. But, uh, imagine after this explosion, though, it wouldn't be a very beautiful lake because Lake Neos changed color. I mean, it was this beautiful, deep, still blue lake. And then after the explosion, it kicked up all this iron rich, uh, bottom water. And so it, you yeah, know, is it like the color of blood or something? Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, so, I don't know. so how do you keep, like, that's, that becomes a challenge. How do you keep a potentially explosive lake from exploding or exploding again? Well, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense if you think about it. You stick a giant straw down there and you suck up all the CO2 and release it in a controlled fashion. And mm-hmm. that is, in fact, what scientists did at Neos and, uh, and Manoon. Although, in uh, the case of like Neos, it took them like 15 years to get those darn straws in the ground. So it's such a safe environment for, for, for a while. Although they did take some other measures, right? Uh, yeah, they also put up CO2 monitors in the area. Uh, to keep an eye on the CO2 levels as well as just, you know, just keeping an eye on the conditions. Yeah. So, I mean, would that work just like a, one of your carbon monoxide? Yeah, arms? pretty much. Pretty much. Just, uh, yeah, just CO2 rises to a certain point. It's going to set off alarms. And People can hear the alarms. Yeah. And they're just going to, yeah, try and get the heck out of Dodge. Yeah, although I'm, I, I've seen this before, I'm not sure that um, I'm not sure that people could outrun it. It's in the case of Lake Neos, I don't I don't know that people could have escaped it. Yeah, I mean it it seems to have spread pre- pretty quickly, and it you know sure claimed a lot of lives. So it yeah it may have been a foregone conclusion. Yeah. By the time that uh, rumbling was heard. Yeah. So now that we've contributed to your fear of swimming in lakes, now do we have to worry about this around here though? Ah, uh, not so much. I mean, take Lake Lanier. Have you ever been to Lake Lanier? It's frightening. And Matt, our producer, Matt, our producer, has uh, grew up around there and uh, probably swum in its murky depths. 
<laughs> Although there, there, are, there aren't so many depths these days to Lake yeah, Lanier the, anymore. Yeah, the, so that that's one factor. Drought. It's not really that deep. So right. there's probably... That's a strike against it. Yeah, one strike against it. And the fact that it's man-made is probably another yeah, strike against that's it. Yeah, another, that's another strike. And then I'm not really sure what the level of volcanic activity beneath Lake Lanier is either, so... So we probably don't have to worry about it in these parts. But if Plus, you're... I mean, we're also not a tropical area. So even That's if it right, were... That's right, we had snow this year. Yeah. Yeah. First. Or maybe not the first. But it was not It was the first for me since I moved down here. So Cameroonians perhaps have more to worry about than than, than people in uh, colder climates. Yes. Fluctuating exactly. climates. So now that we've contributed to everybody's fear... I know, if there wasn't enough to be afraid of anyway, you know. Or lake monsters. Yeah. Um, Exploding lakes. Snakes. <gasps> Lake uh, Disappearing lakes. Yes. Nibbling fish. Submarines with ghosts in them. <laughs> so you can read all about these crazy lake uh, happenings at HowStuffWorks.com. And you can always check out our, our Science Stuff blog. At blogs.HowStuffWorks.com. All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, happy swimming at the lake. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. <laughs>